All right. The <laughs> time ran out. The nasty ones in there, man. That's nasty. You you just have to say pass. That's all you have to do. Oh, I uh, guess yeah, ten I, I questions it from you. you. <laughs> right. Well, anyway, I've got I've all right. Got some for you, so. Uh, oh. <laughs> So I'm, I'm definitely. Uh, there's a few questionable I, ones there, but I'm not. Uh, you're definitely getting them. You're definitely getting them now. I did not get even <laughs> to some of the good, good questions. I, I almost want to try this again. So full disclosure, Steve Guppy and I play a new game for the podcast called Crosses with Rev, and I thought that we would have done much better, but I was laughing so hard after this first attempt, we actually had to have another go. And you will get to hear Steve and I play this little game against each other. Hello, everyone. This is Reb Brad, and you're listening to the Soccer Chaplains United podcast from the Touchline. This week is part two of a recorded interview with Steve Guppy. Steve is the assistant coach for Nashville SC, and for me, we have such a special friendship from his time here in Colorado and the years that have followed since. And I'm grateful that he's been able to share his story last week and more this week. I hope you enjoyed today's show as much as I did. Just want to take a minute to ask if you're enjoying the podcast, would you share it with someone? Maybe someone in soccer that you know could be an athlete, a coach, or someone in the industry. And if you could take a moment and give us a rating and write a review, that would mean a lot to us. Well, thanks for listening today, and stay tuned because Steve and I get out wide on the wings again right after this. He's found the space, and he's found the back of the net. Just a little off foot, thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made him in, and they have... He has the hat-trick, the second in his career, the third of the night, the hat-trick hero. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner, goes towards the near post, and you're on the angle, and what a goal! What a goal! Well, um, Steve, you <laughs> and I have chatted you and I have chatted from time to time about faith. And one of the things I try and do on the podcast is really try and connect faith into football. So I want to take a moment and read a few verses from the Bible. And then I'll, and I want to relate it back into football here a bit. So uh, are you game for this? You carry on mine. Yeah. So in Isaiah uh, book in the old Testament uh, chapter 40 verses 29 through 31, the prophet Isaiah is spe- speaking and he's asking people, Hey, do you really know who God is? And he gives them some reminders. They're going through a difficult time, a, a difficult season. And so he gives these descriptions of God as a source of comfort in the midst of these, these hard times they're facing. And so we come to these words in, in verse 29 through 31, and he says this, He, God, gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So, so Steve, I've often read this text and I've thought, man, what footballer wouldn't want to have that sort of tireless endurance? You know, like you, you watch some of these football matches that go deep into extra time and, and, and you start to see which athletes are really fit to go kind of past that 90 minute mark. And um, I, I've often thought, man, the imagery here is, is used is, is that of, uh, having sort of the the endurance of of an eagle, um, uh, I didn't know this until just a few years ago. But the eagle doesn't endlessly flap its wings and and pump its wings to sort of soar and stay high. No, instead the 
the eagle kind of wisely, instinctively utilizes the wind and the air drafts and air currents to gain altitude and, and to soar, and then to swoop in for, you know, the kill, to swoop in for, for hunting and feeding and, and just kind of having that eagle-eye vision and, and being above its domain. So um, I, was, I was just doing a little research uh, today and, and looking at that some eagles can remain airborne from, uh, from like four to six hours on average. It just kind of depends on the, the currents of the wind and stuff. So it, it got me thinking, uh, uh, talking about this text, um, Steve, have you ever encountered a player, maybe it was a teammate, someone you've coached, and, and they seem to have something, you know, we, we hear that song, the wind beneath your wings, but they had this internal peace to them that, that seemed to be maybe a source of tireless energy or resilience, maybe someone who was a person of faith, or they, or they seemed to have this internal motivation or drive that led them to do and be almost superhuman or, or have this extra bit of strength or gas in the tank to go through things. Have you, have you ever encountered someone like that? Is, does anyone come to your mind that you've played against or you played with, um, or you've coached and, and they just seem to have something extra in the tank that wasn't necessarily physical. I mean, listen, I, I think, I think I, I, I haven't, come or played or work with a player who has done that week in week out but I can think of maybe two moments throughout maybe as a coach um, where the players have, have raised to a sort of level that is probably above them um, and 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 soared like an eagle for a short period of time and I, and I think maybe we, we, we could all take a reference of that within our lives no matter what whatever we do in life, whether it's sport or not, you know, those, those moments when you're really all the stars aligned and you're super confident and, you know, you, you raise your game no matter what it is. And, and you mm. soar like that eagle. Mm. It's, it's a nice way of putting that, you know, you know, the, the, the first, the first time I guess was, 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 um, was down to you, Brad, as, as you know, the, the MLS cup final, you know, when we're underdogs going into a game and, you know, there was a few things that happened um, that, that, that sort of rocked the team, and we needed we needed that moment to regalvanise everyone. And you and you stood up and, and gave your your speech to the players um, at that evening meal the night before the MLS Cup final that just brought everyone together and offered that opportunity for the players to you know to overachieve the following day. And and, and it was that mm. moment, those little moments within your life, you go, that was a moment there. If you'd not have done that speech, Brad, would we have been able to, you know, achieve our, you know, that 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 come up, you know, raise your game, you know, soar like an eagle, like you say? Could could we have done that? I don't know. So you know, players, you know, I think that's what we strive to do as coaches. You you, you know, players obviously have to find it from within, but sometimes if you press that right button, you can you can sometimes, you know, get that you know that moment where they they. They they come you know they they play above themselves and, and 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 great things are achieved but of course it's very difficult to sustain that so that would be you know one of the moments and, and another another one I, I I experienced is was when I was working for the Republic of Ireland recently and we um, we were striving to get to the Euros and we were on our knees to be honest you know qualify for the European Championships um, and we had to beat Germany and then we had to beat 
um, Bosnia to qualify for the Euros, which really, Republic of Ireland, you know, you'd think there was no chance. There was no chance to do it. Mm. But we did. Mm. We did. And, and the players who were, you know, were, a lot of them were squad players in the Premiership, championship players, playing against the world champions. We beat Germany 1-0. And then we went to Bosnia and, and you know, where they got Dzeko and, and Panic, who were playing in the top, top leagues, you know, top, top players. And, and we beat them. And, and, they, and that was those moments that you, you just gave reference to where the, the lads in each team, each different sort of different moments, different reasons why, but they, they soared like that eagle just for a period, a short period of time. And it was, it was, okay, I wasn't playing, but it was fantastic. You know, and I didn't really have anything to do with, with, with their <laughs> achievements, but it was lovely to be part of it and to witness it. And, and I hope that they, they always remember that moment because they overachieved for that short period of time and, and got the rewards for it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's amazing to me. I, I'm just curious, you know, when, when you, when you saw your father, when your eyes met and, and you made that sort of connection, um, did, did you feel like just, just even that in, in that national team game against, against Belgium, did that, did that give you an extra lift or did it give you something that maybe you wouldn't have had it had you not met his, his, his gaze or, or maybe had he not been in the stand, did it, did you feel like that gave you something extra? Well, I, I think, I think it was more at that point. It was just, it was just, um, a reckoning really that we, you know, we, 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 you know, it was, listen, we've, we've come a long way from not kicking a ball for two years. We, you know, in those two years, he was on at me to come on, come on, get back going again. Mm. And I was mm. like, but I, you know, the, the, the you know, the times when I wasn't playing well and, and, you know, the crowd be on my back, you know, for a parent to have to sit there and, and experience it, you know, it's horrible. Um, and then the, obviously then the things start to move forward from becoming a professional footballer, signing for Leicester City and then, you know, and then, then to make it all the way, you know, I, I wouldn't say it helped me in that game because it was like, it was, it was, you know, there was a lot of pressure and I was like ready, I was ready, I was tuned in, but it was just that little moment of, we, we did it together, you know, and then that, that, mm. that was the, the reason of, the reason of, um, of, of sharing that with you really. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Steve, I imagine wing players because, um, to kind of, to kind of get into this now, um, because of their, they're up and down, right? They're, they're back and forward on the, on the pitch. Um, would you say that as, as a footballer, the wing player typically has to really, manage their own pace their energy and 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 fitness throughout the throughout the course of a match do are are they just positionally are they having to manage that more so than than other players oh i don't know i think every every position has it comes with its demands uh you know the midfield is doing a similar similar role just more centrally i think you need to be very fit to play the role and if you're not then you won't you know play it to um, the standard that, that's required. So uh, there's loads of things that go into, you know, that that scenario before before the game even kicks off. You know, like what you eat. You know, uh, you know, there's no there's no like, oh, I really fancy, you know, uh, uh, you know, some fast food or something like that. You know, that would be something that I would be like, 
Okay, well, what day is it? Is it's a, it's a Monday. Okay, I haven't got a game till Saturday. Okay, maybe I'm allowed. But at Wednesday onwards, Thursday, God, no, you know, you, you know, there's so many sacrifices that you, you, you know, you have to make to be able to sustain that that standard. And and that's something that people maybe don't see and don't appreciate that you know there's a lot going on. And and then when you when you fall into those traps, you eat poorly and you and you don't you know don't sleep well, drink well. You know, then then you, you, you know your performances tail off, and you know, and then it shows on the pitch. So there's a lot that goes into it, but I wouldn't say that it's it's something that you manage during the game because you should already have that level. You just you go full mm. bore and and uh, and hope that you can you last 90 minutes. But but there are times too, right, when you're not you're not running always full bore, right? Like you you've, no, you've got to yeah. discern those things as a footballer, right, and. Um, I, I think even again, just back to this first, I I kind of take um, some encouragement that for me, life doesn't always have to. I don't have to run full tilt all the time. Sometimes there's a time that I'm walking. Sometimes there's a time when I'm jogging. Right? Like I I vary the pace of my life so that I can so I don't crash out and burn all the time. And, and I I just sometimes I. You know, I've come across certain footballers who seem to take the young ones, especially. They take this full bore. Like uh, I, re- I remember this this guy in Colorado who just he wouldn't stop training like every day. He just no, I have to get better. I have to get in the first team. I have to get first team football. And so the training session would be done, and, and he'd be out doing more sprints, or or he'd be out in, in the in the stadium ground doing doing the stairs and. I told him, I said, look, if, if you don't stop, if you don't take rest, if you don't slow down, you're just going to, you're just going to burn out. You're going to injure yourself. You're going to be super fatigued. And sure enough, like two weeks later, he's, he takes a little injury. And, and, um, and I told him, Hey bro, just, just chill your, your chance, your, your opportunity will come. And if, if you're a hard worker, I, I think the coaching staff is going to see that and it's okay. You don't have to, to go full bore, but do you see that in young players? Do they sometimes get, get, you know, misguided to one side or the other? Is that something you kind of have to coach around? Well, it's an interesting subject. I, I think, I think it's, it's so difficult, but I think players today don't work hard enough always mm. at their own mm-hmm. position. You know, they do the training and then they go home where sometimes there is room for doing, working on your own game. Cause just think, you know, you know, you get back to taking a player on. I think it's it's very very difficult to create, and and so for me, creators, forward thinking players need to work harder than the rest of the team at their own game because it's a lonely old place out on that wing when you receive a ball when you've got a defender bearing down on you and you're expected to beat him. You know, because there's a horrible feeling when the defender strips you of it and starts running up the other way and you're pedalling back and the crowd are moaning and. You know, so to me, I, I've liked it and I've experienced it too many times. And, it, and, it, and it, to me, that was what drove me on during the week. You know, I did go out most afternoons and cross balls and I probably did overtrain on occasions, no doubt. But at the same time, I just wanted to go into every weekend. And this is something that I try and pass through to the players now, is that if you can step on that pitch... Um, just before a game starts, and if you're a winger, you look at the fullback you're playing against, and you go, Do you know what? 
I know I've worked harder than him. I know I've practiced harder than him. I'm prepared. I'm ready. To me, you've already gained an advantage before the whistle's even blown. Sure. And, and sure. that's, and, you know, and confidence, as you know, Brad, in life is, is such a wonderful thing, but it's such a fragile thing. So if you can do the extra work to make sure you're ready, then, you know, your confidence is there. And, you know, and, and that's just one part of the story. Of course it is. But, but you know, I, I, get, I get your point. You know, the, um, you can overtrain. And, and then it comes down to when you're training, you know, thing like thing they call like deep practice. You know, I could go out and cross loads of balls, say, when I was a player. But if I'm not thinking about it, I'm just doing it. And when I cross a bad one in, I get angry. Then I'm not really improving. But if I went out mm. and did 20 crosses, but in those 20 crosses, every mistake I made, I stopped and thought, what was it? What did I lean back? What my stride pattern? Did I not follow through the, when I kicked the ball? Now you're learning. And that's mm. the practice. And, and I think that they're the ones, perfect practice. You know, they're, they're the ones where you are, you know, you are, actually thinking about what you're doing and when you can get a young player to think as well as do the extra practice then you're right in what you say you don't have to do as much but the improvements will will you know will go through the roof if they genuinely rather than let frustration get the better of them they're actually thinking about what they're doing and how they're doing it then i think you can really get some great results yeah yeah no that's a brilliant point steve too because um just just even back back to the beginning of that, the, the player that I had referenced was a player from a, a, another country. He had kind of come to the club through uh, different means and, and ends. And so he had a very strong work ethic and, and that has changed. It's a generational thing, I think too, with, with mm-hmm. uh, younger athletes today, right? That there's so many more distractions. There's so many more things that kind of tempt them to, you know, just, just, lacks off or or not work quite as hard mm-hmm. it, it's different today right that's a generational thing so but um steve you've been managing now coaching football for the last 10 years or so um you've, you've mentioned a couple of the places where you've done that rapids uh republic of ireland um what what are some and, and now you're at nashville sc but uh, what are some of the highlights uh, if you could briefly just what is it going and sitting, uh, being in, in, in that chair now, um, rather than in the playing chair, what, what are some of those things for you that you enjoy most about being a manager, um, helping with Gary Smith and, and helping in the different areas where you've helped, um, share, share with us some of that, your, your, uh, your highlights, maybe some of the challenges. Well, it, it, I mean, it's nice. I mean, the story with me and Gary is, is that when I was, uh, Wickham Wanderers, all back in that that time, 1989, playing in the reserves, you know, as we were fighting away to get into the first team. You know, this lad turned up, um, played centre midfield, and he was uh, completely different to me, where he liked tackling and heading, and I didn't. Um, and it was Gary. And um, mm. the first game, I'd been there six months a year already, and he came in on his debut, which normally you're quiet, and within five minutes he was moaning at me for not doing this, not doing that. <laughs> and um, he's been and nothing has changed since, since, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. no, yeah. So we go, we go way back, and um, for whatever reason, I put up with his moaning. And, um, you know, we've been on holiday together every year for years and years. And now we work together. And um, so, you know, when you have that sort of relationship, you really want to make sure it works. So you, you, you really 
try desperately hard to give it everything you got. And and one thing I do do, Brad, is any player, especially forward-thinking player, you know, if I'm going to be working with, and I will always sit them down when we sign them or when I first come to the club, and you know, and 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 tell them exactly what what I would try and offer to help. And all I ever ask them is to meet me halfway. Just meet me halfway. If you know, if if you know, I'm all in. I'm all in. I, I'll tell you what I want. I want you to get better. I want you to try and become as good as you can be. I don't care how old you are, or, or you know, just how good can you be? Let's find out. And and to do that, all you need to do is meet me halfway. And sadly, not all do. But when you do get the one or two, or the you know, and uh, when they do, they they meet you halfway and they get get you know committed, dedicated, and they practice and become better. When you do get them old moments, the the mods you know, time when the sun shines and you get an extra cross or an extra goal that maybe you wouldn't have got if you hadn't done the work, then to me, that you know, that's, that's, that's absolutely fantastic and that's why I'm in it for. So, real quick, um, highlight from your managing time. Um, give, give us the highlight. What, what's the key top moment that you've experienced? Well, I, I mean, I, I, listen, I, I've already said about... Um, you know, the winning the MLS Cup with Colorado was was so exciting. You know, it was you know to win something. Uh, you know, at any any level was, is fantastic. But the MLS and and to win it in the way we did. You know, we played so well through the season. No DPS. You know, um, it was you know a really against the odds effort. And you know, and it was it was an absolutely amazing amazing experience. Um, and then the other one I mentioned about when when Ireland got to the Euros. Um, we qualified for Euros, beating Germany and Bosnia, and then we were there. And the European Championships, like a World Cup or a major mm. tournament, mm. is something I'd always wanted to be involved in. And so I experienced that. It was in France. Um, we were based in Paris. Um, and, and, and there was one night where it boiled down to, we had to try and get out of our group to qualify for the next round. And it boiled down to, would you believe it, we had to beat Italy um, to qualify for the next round. And, you know, obviously Italy, a massive powerhouse. And we had one of those eagle moments again. We saw it. Um, for whatever reason, we, you know, uh, the players just came above themselves. And we scored with 10 minutes to go. We beat Italy 1-0, qualified for the next round. It's the only time, Brad, when I've been in a dressing room where everyone is crying. Players, mm. staff, you know, because it's, it's, you know, it's obviously a fantastic to to do well for your team, for your for your area, you know, when we won it at Colorado, you know, you know, for Denver, it was it was amazing. You know, we felt like we achieved something, but to to represent your country, these boys do. I'm English, of course, but these Irish boys, you know, to 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 do to qualify and for their country, it was just lovely to see the pure joy. And for those moments, some of those boys were on massive money, don't forget. But for those moments. You know, money can't come close to touching it, and, and it was lovely to be part of that. Sweet, sweet. Awesome. Well, Steve, now we're going to come to a new feature of the podcast. Um, I'm calling it Crosses with Rev. And uh, since you're a winger and you're used to whipping a ball in, I thought it'd be fun to have a little game, kind of like a crossing drill. So the goal is essentially for the other person to get on the end of the question, to get on the end of the cross and put it in the back of the net. So um, let, okay. me, let me go over the rules real quick here. 60-second uh, game, we'll, we'll play it two ways, right? You know, I have questions for you. 
and I've asked you to come up with some questions for me. And uh, we just disclaimer: we haven't I haven't given these questions in advance, and I haven't seen your questions in advance. So, two types of questions that we can ask: it's a either or, um, and those are worth one point. And then there's fill in the blank or or finish the sentence, which is worth three points. So the goal, answer as many questions as you can. If a question's too tough or you're like, I'm not going there, you can say pass. You lose out on the points for the question, and the person just goes on to the next the next one. Um, if if we finish, if, if one person finishes before the time runs out, you get one extra point for each second uh, and, and an additional penalty for any past questions. So if you know, if you pass a bunch of questions and you got 30 seconds left, you know, you, you take a penalty for the, uh, the past questions at that point. Um, we'll say, we'll say winner gets dinner or, or maybe you and I can settle on another prize later, but when we're together next, uh, we'll, we'll just, uh, we'll settle up and, uh, and we'll have a little bit of fun with this. So, um, you ready for a little bit of a warm up? I, I, I thought I'd give you a couple of samples, you know, at your age and my age, we, we kind of need to warm up with things before we before we dive in. So, uh, very you true. ready for a little very warm true. up? Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you two questions. Just kind of give give a sample and kind of get you get you ready. It's it's kind of like the little pregame. Um, so you ready? Yep. Man U or Man City? Man U. Your favorite band is. The Killers. Let's see, there you go. Well, Steve, I've got my questions, and I'm set with my iPhone timer. I've got it count down sixty seconds, and I will start the timer as soon as the first question's read. I've got a tick boxes here that I'll just kind of keep score, keep your answers, and uh, I mean, you've gotten the warm up. You ready for this? I'm ready. All right, here we go. Left or right footed? Left. Uh, favorite football club is Leicester City. Martin O'Neill or Gary Smith? Oh, pass. Golf or tennis? Tennis. Fly rod or spinner? Spinner. Plane or train? Train. Atlanta United FC or Cincinnati FC? Pass. Casey or Cummings? Pass. Favorite postgame meal is? Say that again. Favorite post-game meal? Pasta. Sweet or savory? uh, Sweet. Foxes or Wanderers? Wanderers. Uh, 4-4-2 or 4-5-1? Oh, 4-4-2. MLS Cup or Football League Cup? Oh, Football League Cup. Old Wembley or New Wembley? (laughs) Old Wembley. All right, that's that's it, that's it, that's it. Oh, I should have gone for the MLS Cup there, really. That was a bit yeah. selfish, but there you go. I, I didn't get down to uh, my favorite chaplain is. That that could have been controversial. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I know. I was, I was, I so this one I really want to know. Isidro Metapan or FC Dallas? I'm going to go FC Dallas. Okay. And and just so people know, like, that question is, do you want to tell a story on, on those on those two games? Well, I mean, I mean, Metapan was a Champions League game when we went into uh, 
deepest, darkest El Salvador risked our lives for, uh, <laughs> for the Rapidos. You, but um, you, you had Carlos with you. He he was... Oh, yeah, Carlos Ooh. forgot the boots, let's remember. <laughs> he actually forgot the One of my favorite football stories. That's oh, one of my incredible. favorite football stories that I was not part of. <laughs> That was that was honestly I can still see him in my mind's eye walking over to me nervously on the pitch while we just arrived after a two-hour coach journey through the jungle to to tell me that he'd left the boots in the hotel room and <laughs> that was unbelievable <laughs> how we managed to get through that I'll never know so um, that was um, but Gary Smith didn't take the team on that occasion he sent me instead. Um, we were like the Dirty Dozen, the film The Dirty Dozen, Mission Impossible, and we managed to uh, to grind out a three-one win against El Salvadorian champion. So that was um, that was a cool moment, and sadly, not nowhere near as um, as uh, as it was a lot. Of, it was a lot harder. This one, it was um, the other week with the COVID um, that uh, Gary couldn't make the the Dallas the, the Dallas game, so. Um, Myself and Brett took that one, and um, we managed to get a win for Nashville as well. So that was that was lovely. So uh, thanks for asking that question. That was very nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, those are kind of those moments, right? When you know, we talk about people getting an opportunity and and making the most of their chances. And you know, for a for an assistant coach, like you, you kind of have to wait until there's a suspension or a a red card or, or some other strange circumstance or event to to kind of get into that place and position to, to manage. And, and that, and that's, I think that's always fun. You know, you, you don't always get those opportunities. And, and then when, when things go well or, or you overcome a certain challenge or hurdle, or uh, not only do you have a story to share, but um, it just, it builds into your character and your person and who you are for, for the rest of life. So um, yeah, those are, those are fun stories for sure. Um, no, it was I, nice. The only thing, sorry, Barry, is that, that Gary, it was the first win for Nashville, um, you know, in, in, the, in the inaugural season. And Gary had worked so hard, you know, uh, preparing the team. Um, it would have been nice if, if he could have uh, been taking them for the, for the first game, but wasn't to be. But the important thing was, I guess, that we got that win. So it was, uh, it was nice to be part of that, of course. Nice. Good. Well, Given given your your English heritage as well, here's the other question that I I'm dying to ask, and not because I need to know, but probably because my wife would want to know: Downton Abbey or The Crown? Downton Abbey. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I'll ask well, my wife then. What would you rather, Downton Abbey or The Crown? Um, yeah, she's Downton Abbey as well. Yeah. We're yeah, both I. I think so. We we most recently watched The Crown, but um, Downton Abbey felt like it was a little bit longer. A little the, the drama, the storytelling was a bit different. Period, period wise, I think too. Just a little bit of enjoying that that period, part of the period. But uh, my my wife, like other American gals I know, are very keen into um, what's what goes on with British royalty and 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 some of those thematic dramatic stories and uh mm-hmm. um yeah so it's it's kind of fun for us to uh get on BBC America or Masterpiece Theater and and watch some of these uh English dramas um 
you know, my wife thinks, you know, maybe we're just doing some homework before we actually settle down over there someday. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, um, and, and too, some, some, sometimes my wife has been, um, people have said comments. She would hate me for saying this and she never listens to the podcast. So I will. So some oh, people have said that, uh, she has some features like Meghan Markle. Um, they've said that to me. And, uh, of course that makes me proud. Of course. Um, yeah. but anyway, wow. uh, I probably better stop Please, before yeah. someone reports this to my wife. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, well. yeah. <laughs> I think she should be pleased oh. with that. That's very nice. Yeah. Um, great. And quite well, right. Um, quite right too, I might add. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I, well, if I told her, she'd be so embarrassed. So I, I probably can never relay that to her, but all right. So I am, I'm setting my stuff aside. I'm, my hands are on the table. I'm, I'm ready to go whenever you are. If you've got, I know you've got a stopwatch or something at hand. You, you always seem to have one of those devices close at hand to, to measure things, but I'm, I'm ready whenever you are for you, for your part right. of uh, crosses with Rev. Okay, well, I'll ask my lovely assistant to help me. Can you put a minute on your stopwatch, please? Let me know when uh, when we can start. Count me in, because I've got a lot to get through. <laughs> now, remember, it's just you start the timer once that first question is, is asked, and then, yes. and then press, okay. press go. All right. Right, you don't, start, yeah, you don't start until I've finished the first question. All right, so I'm going to go for quite a long question first. Are you ready? Yeah. One minute, yeah. Yeah. Are you ready? Here we go. Yep. What mythical creature would improve the world the most? Oh my goodness! Um, <laughs> it's a dragon, one, right? Dragon, love it. Coke or Pepsi? Uh, Coke. Dog or cat? Dog. Ultimate frisbee. Game or sport? Game. Correct. Uh, butter or marge? Say that again. Butter or margarine? Butter. Who would you rather be stuck on a desert island with? Gary Smith or Hannibal Lecter? Uh, <laughs> uh, Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> McDonald's or Burger King? Uh, McDonald's. If you were in a movie, who would play you? Drew Moore or Wells Thompson? Mm, Wells Thompson. <laughs> Pineapple on a pizza, yes or no? Uh, say that again. Pineapple on a pizza, yes or no? To pineapple yes. on a pizza. I've beaten you at tennis and golf. What sport could you beat me at next? Just golf. <laughs> That's it. Time up. Time up. Time up. I might have gone over a little bit just to, just to come out with the one about me beating you at tennis and golf. So, uh, oh, extra time. that down as extra time. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we we gotta we gotta add up the scores here. So I've got yeah. Oh right. Oh god. I think I forgot. I'm supposed to keep scoring. Eight. Eight. Nine. Ten. Eleven. Twelve. I've got you for 15, but with three passes. You passed, yeah, so minus three. So I've got you at 12. So I I got you with sort of 14. How many points for a correct answer or, or a quick answer? Yeah, was... just one, one point for the either-ors and then three points for the long answer, the fill-in-the-blank. All right, I'm, I'm going to re go. No, there was no passes. The dragon was a good shout. I know that was. Uh, I thought that might have thrown you a bit. 
But um, I reckon you've got just under 20 points there, Brad. I mean, you've, you've, you've battered me, to be honest. All right. Well, that that might be some Nashville barbecue when I when I'm out there next. So <laughs> I hear you. I've, I've been owning your meal for a long time, mate. So uh, yeah, yeah and, uh, and a carp fishing magazine, obviously, uh, waiting oh. for you when you when you arrive. But that's a yeah, that's now, another story, let's, right? Let's let's we need to clear the air on this because uh, <laughs> not only did you beat me at golf, but but let's put the qualifier on here. I had just gotten off the plane, international mm. flight. Two hours yeah. later, you're dragging mm-hmm. me through 18 holes of of golf. I mean, come on, mm-hmm. get, get, you got to give me another shot. And, I, and then I, I, let, let's let's talk about the tennis. So the tennis is in the Atlanta heat and humidity. It's mm. 95 degrees out with 110 percent humidity, and and you've been living in this for months. You're used to it. I, I'm from dry, uh, lovely Colorado, and and you just go. You go Patrick McEnroe on me, or I probably, yeah. Anyway, well, let me just say, in, in my defence, the golf. I'm pretty sure you'd been in the country for a couple of days before you met me, but I could be wrong. So, um, you know, that was, uh, and you are actually better than me at golf. It was just, I just caught you on a on a on a weak moment. So maybe we can, I can accept that. But the tennis, come on, an Englishman <laughs> playing in a hundred, honestly. I mean, I'm so pale. You can see through me on a clear day. The heat, <laughs> I, I never, you never get used to the heat of Atlanta. So <laughs> you can't have that. And and you know, what is six six one six two? Was it? I can't remember. Oh, but oh. It was. Um, you know, my shoes were sticking to the pavement, and not because <laughs> I'm fat and slow, but because of the heat and humidity. And I think it was the fat slow too. It was the fact. I think it was the fact, Brad, that you did kind of build yourself up. I I went to bed early. I've I've been. I've made sure I was hydrated. I was expecting a battle royale, and um, it never quite materialised. Well, I, to, to be fair, to be fair, I had been on a desert island with Gary Smith, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Although, although you did pick Hannibal Lecter, so. Uh, <laughs> so it's I figured I could run faster from Hannibal than I could Gary, so. <laughs> it would be, be a much better demise with Hannibal Lecter than Gary, let's be honest. Yeah, that's true. It would be no. quicker. <laughs> Yeah, well, we know Gary doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're no, okay. No. We're, we're okay. okay. Yeah, we we love him. We love him anyway, in spite in spite of things. So, um, yeah, and and I'm thankful too. You did not bring up my horrible showing at darts or snooker, and so oh, yes. for that, I'm thankful. But wow, but to add to add insult to injury, we had come off that golf course, and you just go, hey, let's. Let's go do this at the pub. And oh man, I was so tired. I was so tired. I, I think I nearly hit someone with with one of the darts. Um, uh, I took oh, well. you to my local pub, and thinking that you know, once again, feeding off your information that you were pretty handy at snooker or pool or, um, you know. And to be honest, we we gave such a poor show, and me as a partner, I, I wasn't able to go in that pub ever again. So. Um, <laughs> In fact, that's one of the main reasons I moved to America oh. shortly afterwards. Oh. <laughs> the shame of our performance uh, that night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I have a new game for us to play when we get together. It's called Coob. Okay. It's it's a Swedish lawn game. It's Swedish chess, and uh, we we will definitely have to uh, to to 
go toe to toe or head to head on that one as well. So, um, yeah, that's, that's been a, a lovely part of our friendship. Well, Steve, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. It's, um, I love you. It's, it's a joy and privilege to get to spend time with you and, um, and really, you know, look forward to the next time we could be together and, uh, just want to, just want to thank you. This is, this has been so much fun and, and just a great time. Uh, you're more than welcome, Brad. More than welcome. Yeah. Well, Steve, today I'd like to close the show. I always do this with a brief prayer and a blessing. And, and so I've kind of adapted and, and written some of these words, uh, especially with, uh, the, the athlete that plays on the wing. I've, I've written these words kind of with a little adaptation from Isaiah, Uh, I've got a little blessing and prayer here, so let me pray. God, you promise to carry your people through difficult places on wings like eagles. You say that those who put their hope in you will soar like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not be faint. At times, this life can feel as though we're merely running the wings of the pitch. We feel that we're constantly on the go, always striving to get forward for an opportunity and seemingly always stretched to get back and defend. How many times could we serve a ball in with no result, no reward? How many runs can we make before fatigue and exhaustion set in? How can we continue? How can we go a full 90 or even 120? Only with you. Only with you. Give us your breath in our lungs. Give us your strength in our legs. Set our your hope in our hearts today. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, everyone. This is Rev Brad and Steve Guppy. Coming to you from the touchline.